Yes, you're gonna have people turn their backs, but it's time for us to keep it real. Just keep talking that real, bro. Do what you do, I know what you do, so keep doing that. Talk the real. The HBI lads will see you now. See you now. I don't want to cause no problems. Mm-hmm. I just want to live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. And we're back, and I'm fired up this morning for some reason. I've been ranting off camera. But Whoa. all four of the boys are here. Yeah, buddy. It is the standard <laughs> these days. So the team is here. Ben, Dan, Mina, and myself are ready to go. And today we are talking, and I'm going to say the right thing, I promise, in-house mentoring masterclass. We're going hard and fast, so... Make sure the pens and the pads are out because there's going to be some big value here. And I am going to defer to the masters this one, Ben and Mina. I mean that really nicely to you, Dan, because, well, you don't have a giant team you're managing at the moment. So you're in the great spot. If anything, your life is easier. But for, for our legends over here that are managing teams and they're making sure they keep them educated and on board, let's get this started. In-house on like in-house training, in-house work. What is the setup for you guys? And I'm going to throw to the man, the myth himself, Mina Gaz. So, um, catching up with the guys is something that I've not always done in my clinic, and it's the one thing that I have learned is what my people really, really want. And funny enough, they actually want that more than the pay increases. Um, And I learned that, you know, with my previous guys. So now as a part of our routine and any form of onboarding, especially with my new guys at the moment, um, the structure falls as this. They watch me in clinic two days a week. And then every single Friday, we catch up for about four to five hours discussing all things that happen in the clinic. Um, This structure allows two things. allows them to see stuff that they wouldn't normally see at school. Right. There's a lot of conditions that come up on the daily that they'll just not get that exposure while they're training. And then we get an opportunity to run through that one on one without the customer there um, on our Friday. So that breakdown, you know, they get to see it, they get to understand it, they get to work on it, they get to practice it, and then they get to implement it the following week. And it just works an absolute treat. And I know um, Benny started this quite, quite some time ago, and I think it's, it's really, really, really done well. When you invest in your people, um, the confidence that it gives them to be able to do their job efficiently and effectively is something that is a huge return on investment for me. So um, this is something I really encourage each and every single practitioner or health practitioner, and even any business that you're in, spend some time and invest in your people. Agreed. Yeah, I, I agree with all those points. A epiphany for me was when I thought back when I was a, a graduate, I'm like, all right, what am I after? And, you know, obviously you're going to roll into a job job as a new graduate and you're going to get paid pretty shit because that's what happens when you're at the bottom of the food chain. But one of the things I really wanted was like the professional development and the learning and all that sort of thing. I wanted to be, uh, you know, a master of my craft. And then I just, as I started to build our team out, I understood that, all right, well, you know, as Mina mentioned before, a big incentive is obviously money, but obviously there's the other massive incentive for people is uh, the professional development and learning opportunities that you can give them as, you know, their boss or mentor or whatever you, you know, whatever you are. So I realized like, all right, well, I need to invest X amount of time into my guys and I've got to work out how frequently I've got to do this and how long I've got to do this for 
and whether my clinical mentoring covers like a struct, it follows a certain structure or is it, you know, you know, does it pop up as, you know, certain problem-based learning through case studies that the person had seen that week, or do we, you know, follow a really structured and rigid uh, flow each week where we cover, you know, different subjects that's that I've created, for example, like a schedule. So, um, what I, what I've learned to do is what, what I currently run is like, I, I do a weekly catch up and I combine like a staff meeting with mentoring. So we'll do a nine to two on every Thursday and the structured, usually there's a structure, but at the moment it's been sort of off the cuff. Um, but as I said, it's a combination of staff meeting plus, you know, case studies plus, um, might, we, we might do some technical things where we might, you know, last week we did, you know, dry needling had some feedback from some of our clients that said, you know, some dry needling some from some of our practitioners can, you know, could be better because a lot of what I'm trying to do is obviously standardize the, the, um, service across all my practitioners. So people can flow between the therapists, so physios and the massage therapist. So I want to make sure that everyone's skills are on par and that their standard is at least, you know, at a higher level than what, what is, what is existing, you know, in the, I guess the generic physiotherapy service or massage therapy service so that, you know, our default is always higher. Anyway, obviously people want consistency between practitioners and that's why they can float between if, if there's no consistency between your practitioners then people are going to have a really hard time changing practitioners and they'll obviously just wait for you if you've got on holidays or, or you're away or whatnot. Anyway, so last week we did, some dry needling. So we chose a few areas that everyone sort of wanted to um, fine tune their skills off of dry needling. And then we did that. We obviously went through some, some cases. I had a few unique cases come through, you know, you know, I might see some rare cases, you know, a handful of times in the last seven years. And I might present those in their entirety and this sort of explain to them the, the problem, I guess the problem solving that I, I did to work out, you know, solutions to these people and other than that, that's, that's sort of how my structure flows. And it's, it, it's not always just about the work we do in the clinic, yeah? So for me personally, I've got a receptionist, I've got a marketing manager, and I've got four therapists, right? And when you're running a business, there's so many things that need to make sure that are articulating correctly. So you're, as a business owner, you've got to work on the business and in the business. And to be able to have that balance is really, really hard to achieve. So... What I do and I've started doing in the clinic is a bit of a feedback form. So for me, I can't always guess to see what I'm going to train. I want to make sure that my training hits the spot and everyone actually gets what they want. So every fortnight, I get the guys to fill out a PDF form, which goes into a Google Doc, right? And they document on the daily anything that they found difficult, anything that they do well, anything they'd like to learn right? This helps me in order to create a structure for them. And I get to personalize it as our, re our rehab plans are personalized. Their coaching is also personalized. Okay. So the conversation I have with my marketing manager is different to what I have with my receptionist. Right. So things that I've been working on with my guys is the conversation in the room, right? I feel like that's a huge, huge integral part of the session. Um, and it helps us understand them, helps us understand their lifestyle. So that's what I generally start off, especially with my new guys. So I break it down in terms of the mindset and the psychology that happens in the room, right? The next sort of part that I work on is the understanding of the condition, the diagnosis and how we actually treat the condition, all right? And then how do we actually maintain follow-up a relationship with these clients, 
right? Um, and so that the guys have confidence when they're taking them through a directional rehab plan. So they need to know exactly kind of where they're going with it and their own confidence in themselves, right? Um, and then what I then do is once I feel everyone's at a really good stage and everyone's well, I get them to start presenting, which gives them a bit of sense of responsibility and everyone gets to kind of learn from each other. And when you have such a big team doing it all at once, it really creates a really confident vibe in the clinic and it's just fantastic to see. Um, and that's something I've been quite proud of. I've never really done it really well, but now that I've kind of learned from my previous stuff, I think I've got it down pretty pretty well. Um, and the guys have been absolutely loving the training. So um, break, it's not always about the technical stuff in the room. A lot of stuff is also the psychology, the sales, the mindset, um, different skill set to use, how to deal with difficult clients, how to get your e-bookings up if necessary. Um, these are all really, really, really crucial elements. And the feedback that I get them to give me feedback on me as well. I know I'm going on a bit of a rant here, but... The feedback for yourself is really important. So I do something called a stop, start, continue, right? So what would you like me to stop doing as a boss? <laughs> what would you like me to continue doing as a boss? Um, and what would you like me to start doing, right? So that way I know I'm holding myself accountable to that um, and making sure that these guys, so the one biggest feedback is you don't have enough time for us, right? Well, in order for me to have time for you, I need to make sure that the clinic's busy. I need to make sure that your rebookings are up. And so that way I don't get flustered in the clinic and everything's fine. That's why we have these fortnightly feedback forms. That's good, bro. No, I literally jotted some shit down. That's good. Yeah. I like, I'm going to, I'll take a little leap. Like, obviously, I've just been growing my team and it's something that I'm getting, you know, it's one of those things you do learn on the run a bit with your uh, weekly mentoring. So I have a, like a weekly mentoring session with Ryan, my associate. And one of the things I've just integrated, which is a recommendation for my business coach, is called a like a um, whiteboard meeting. So every two weeks, I meet with the entire team. And then weekly, I meet, obviously, with the practitioners. At the moment, there's just one, but that should change in the near future. But the whiteboard meeting has been something that's really helped me buy time and streamline things. And it's that my clinic's not big enough to do it the traditional way, which is to literally have a whiteboard in the, uh, in the clinic. I'm using a Trello board and I'm trying to optimize this. And my business coach did tell me that digital is not the way, but hey, we're going to see if we can make this work. But essentially what I've got written on it, I'm actually bringing it up right now for those who are uh, playing at home on the video podcast and you're also enjoying, I should mention, uh, <clears throat> Ben's sweet hoodie right there. Oh, he's wearing a blanket with a hood. Hoodie. Um, essentially, the whiteboard has five general categories, right? Like marketing. It's like basically practitioner specific, uh, front desk specific, and then it's like um, general day-to-day stuff that may not be actually relevant to patient care. And there's a fifth one that I can't remember right offhand. And so anytime something comes up, it's put on the board and it's only dealt with unless obviously it's an emergency in a meeting. So if a staff member comes to me and is like, Hey, what do you think about us doing this instead of this? I go, put it on the, put it on the board. So the answer is always put it on the board and we deal with yeah. that at the meeting. Cause otherwise every day you're fighting all these little fires. Right. And then at the meeting, which I think is most important is if you're the business owner, you know, if the buck stops with you, you don't run the meeting. In fact, when, these things come up, your, you know, front desk, your other practitioners, they're the ones who then present it. We role play, we work through the idea and then you as the business owner decide whether you implement it. And the way it works on the whiteboard is that you then build it out, right? So if you have, say, a marketing event coming up, you're like, all right, it's on this date. This person is going to be in charge of it. 
So it'll stay on the board until it happens. And we work forward with it, right? And then when it's done, it goes off the board. So that way everybody knows where they're at and where they're working on things. And what's beautiful about it is if something keeps appearing on the board and just nothing is happening or changing, then you have an ability to have a conversation with your team and go, well, is this actually relevant? Or can we leave this off the board for a while and revisit it in, say, six months, right? And that might be something to do with a renovation and all that stuff. But it's allowed me to free up so much more time because I know everything can be handled. And it's given my team real power to try and make decisions. Because in a way, it's not anonymous, obviously, but it's a fair, open discussion ground of ways to work it. And that's really helped by time. But then coming back to the one-on-one mentoring, like one of the pitfalls that we definitely get into is just taking your team out for lunch, right? You talk about the weekend, you talk about how nice the sun is and you just bullshit on. It's lovely. And some team members, that's just what they want. They just want to be hung out with. But the biggest thing I've seen, particularly in my industry with new graduates or people who have only been a few years out, they actually need very little technical training. Like the skills base to something that just comes mostly with time. Like men is signaling in the office. It's mainly mindset. It's mainly business, right? They have to go through, like it's the stuff that doesn't get taught in training. All of them think they need a thousand more skills. Oh, I need to be able to dry needle. I need to be able to do the special adjustment. I need to know how to do like a triple backflip to reverse Kanga kind of bullshit, right? And it's just like, no, you just need time and you need to get some confidence and understand how to talk to people. And that's what 90% of our sessions are about. It's about understanding where their opportunities are for growth. And it's very rarely in their treatment capabilities. Yeah. All God points. I think um, on the tangent from what Mina said and they said as well, like obviously looking at, several aspects not just the clinical side of things but like feedback on you as, as the employer um direction certain problems that happen within the clinic and that's like as you said they're a bit of a like a staff meeting then combined with some mentoring as well we do go out for brekkie every thursday morning but i combine the food with the staff meeting and then we head yeah. back to the office to do like the clinical side of things or commercial side of things and a, a big thing that you both mentioned was that like obviously there's a a technical element to, you know, getting your practitioners up to speed and obviously new graduates do need that as well. And they need to sort of be to touch up in every aspect of business and um, being a practitioner, but like man, I mentioned a good thing, sales training, uh, which is pretty straightforward. Obviously these guys just want to get their confidence up, you know, and like, and what I hone in a lot of my guys is like, is the diagnostics and making sure that you're going to nail the diagnostics because that will then help direct treatment and then it will help direct direct rehab strength and conditioning and it will help direct uh, referrals outside the clinic as well. So that's what I try to hone in, make sure my guys are finding the absolute problem and then obviously working from there. Yeah, 100%, right? Like if you don't know where you're starting, it's hard to know where you're going, right? And having all the tools in the shed but not knowing what you're actually working on is pretty hard. So I think that's bang on. A couple of little things. One point I'll make very quickly, yeah. If you're having a team meeting, feed your damn team. Like, yeah, got to be well expect, Especially the crew that are coming in on their day off. Don't expect them to just come hang around. Feed your buddy team. Um, Take care doing of them. You a yeah, look after them. Yeah, look after them. It doesn't them. cost much, but, but it goes a long way. Yeah, and they appreciate it, right? Simple. Now, the two big things that I've worked on is my last 
little rant and I think really, really important stuff that's come up for me, again, working with my business coach lately is obviously, this comes back to, you know, I feel like I reference back here a lot, but everyone comes back to the old idea of the five love languages, right? And that's no different mm-hmm. when a working relationship as it is with a, you know, your wife, with your partner, all these things. But one of the things, the most important questions, it doesn't matter if you ask it to the person who asks you an email, the mistake I think a lot of practitioners or bosses make is they ask, how can I support you? Where the actual question is, what does being supported look like to you? Because they're fundamentally different. Because you're not asking what you can give, you're asking what they actually want. And so sometimes what, what your you know, associate, what your, uh, your practitioner wants is to be left alone. They could be cranking along, they could be happy, and they just want more time out of the office. And so don't waste your time or their time, right? Like, it's a very simple, fundamental thing. So asking that question is going to let you, like Mina said, like, it's going to let you guide on feedback to make things specific for them. And then on the other side, I think at times there is, like, there's a, as an owner, like, my goal is always to give them everything I can, right? I want to make their life easy, easy, easy. But at times that can stop them taking initiative and things like that. So one of the two options that I have recently sort of started working with is you can go, all right, I'm here to support you. I'll give you everything you need. I'm going to drive you. I'm going to, let's do this. I'm going to get you to do that. You can really help them, right? It's really like you're leading the ship. Or one of the options we're working with now is going, sitting back and going, listen, I will give you anything and everything you want in terms of assistance but you have to come to me for it. So if you want to do things, you come to me and I'm bang on, but I'm not going to look at them for you. And again, it's a fundamental difference, but it empowers, you know, if you've got someone who wants that, feel like they want to be that big leader, it empowers them to actually do more rather than you driving them to do things that they may not want to do. Yeah. Agreed there. I think, and that's, that's, that's all good. Mina. That's, and that's what Mino said before that the, the every two weeks he's doing the feedback form, which is what, literally what I got a pen and paper and I wrote it down that, you know, is, and that's what I spoke to my guys last week about. I said, look, I'm up here critiquing and, and giving you constructive feedback from the clients and from each like interprofessionally within the team. But I'm like, Hey, if you, if I'm throwing rocks here, I said, you can throw some rocks back at me. He said, what are the things that I can do better? And sometimes like the guy said nothing and that doesn't mean I'm a, a perfect boss. That means that, yeah, it might need to be a one-on-one. It might need to be, all right, write something down and then give it to me. It could be a confront issue. It can be, you know, I just can't think of anything off the top of my head. So I think you guys are spot on there with making sure you're getting critiqued as well as them because we're trying to deliver on employers, employer front. We're trying to deliver on a mentor front. We're trying to deliver on, um, you know, every aspect of the business and the practitioner side of things. So like obviously they're, holes in our armor clinical wise where we can obviously be taught something or, or whether we can improve and i think again mina what you mentioned there is that off if you have your staff leading the mentoring um it's a, it's a brilliant way to obviously see where they're at and obviously they can teach you something and what i get my guys doing is when they lead them i'm like look this is this is teaching you how to be a good teacher. So for when we start running courses, you're going to be upfront and you're going to be confident and you're going to speak well. You're going to be able to write neatly on the board, not fucking <laughs> like, you know, diagonally and, and whatnot, that you can be a great teacher. And that's oh, another skill that we're trying to develop. And this is where I think we can get Dan in on the, on the podcast. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't have any staff as of yet, although I am but looking to. You're a mentor, um, bro. That's what you do. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a little bit different, but similar to what you guys do in terms of I found out when I first started doing it, if you if it's really sporadic and really inconsistent, it just makes a bit of a nightmare. And it's like, although that you might be, you might have a lot of value to give, which obviously all of us do, um, if it's not structured in a way that allows you to express that, then it can be a bit problematic. So, I think for me, the biggest thing was, yeah, just having a bit of a structure, similar to what Nathan said with the whiteboard and what you guys do. So, in the mentorship program, they all do the content on their own. And then I've introduced like a check-in, which everyone has to do on a Wednesday night, where they fill in, you know, what, what, did, what went well this week, what didn't go well this week, what are the things you struggle with, what are some topics you'd like to go deeper into, and what's the one key thing that you want to leave the call feeling confident with. So then before the call, I'll jump on, read everyone's intake form, I'll spend about half an hour, 45 minutes going through it, so I can best prepare the right content, or if I notice that there's like three or four, obviously it's group setting, but if I notice the same things coming up with three, four people, you know, I can really dial in on that and make that call focused on one or two things, but we can go really, really deep into one of those two things. So then people leave the call with like some tangible um, application versus like when people just jump on and it's like, all right, guys, is there any questions? Um, and you've got, you know, seven people, seven different things. And you're obviously going off on a bunch of tangents. You're never actually addressing one thing properly. So yeah, I think there's no right or wrong way to do it, but I've found like Nathan's obviously done the course and he was there in the earlier days and I kind of jumped on and just asked people if they had questions, which good intentions but uh yeah it can get a bit messy when you have a bunch of people on different pages so i think just having some structure um is the most important thing so that's that would be what i found has been the most useful yeah, yeah no. agreed 100 i like listen i think that on that note i think that's we've covered the big things i think benny's got one one big fish with his hand in the air what that he wants to bring yeah. up so i'm going to hand it off before i uh start wrapping up Sorry, I, I, I snaked in there with the hand uh-huh. uh so a good thing that dan mentioned there which is now that i've got uh three guys on my team i find that the group setting of, of mentoring which we are running each practitioner now is at a different level we've got rulan and therese who are on you know similar levels as a physiotherapist but we've brought on a new guy andreas massage therapist he's a physio obviously back in chile but he hasn't practiced as a physio so i found that last week when we actually ran a clinical session that my guys and it's good to help uh, refine their teaching skills but we had to go right back to some basic assessment skills that are far like introductory sort of stuff that you know is not going to provide a lot of a lot of um, benefits to Rulan and Tez, for example, the only benefits they're going to get from it is not the clinical benefits, but learning how to obviously teach someone, um, you know, basic sort of assessment skills. And then all the way from, you know, where you are to stand in the room, how you are to, to, to ask these things, you know, what are you looking for with these objective assessments and where to go from there? So I think that the tailored one-to-one, which is what I'm going to be introducing next is I've assigned Andreas Rulan as his specific clinical mentor where he'll be doing mentoring outside of the group where it'll be, it'll be just one-on-one mentoring where it can be way more individualized and not that you're wasting everyone's time when you're doing in the group setting but as Dan said you can go on tangents you can be teaching some things to some people which might be important to them and it might be completely you know irrelevant to other people in the room who may have that prior knowledge to whatever you're trying to teach so yeah the individualized mentoring or the one-on-one shit i think is really important yeah i understand of course uh of course you can 
Awesome, yeah. I think uh, what I forgot to mention before is, yeah, having that combination because, like, what I do with the group is, oh, yeah, obviously it's group group format for the weekly tutorials and then once a fortnight or once a month they do one-on-one calls. So it's like, yeah, trying to keep, trying to get a consistent theme with the group so that everyone can get value. And then obviously having, like, some one-on-one time, you know, on a lower frequency just because obviously if you don't one-on-one all the time, it can obviously burn your time out if you've got a lot of staff members or a lot of students. So, um but I think if you have that combined approach, it's like, well, you're still getting the chance to mentor people on a week-to-week basis. And then every now and then they've got a chance to go deeper into that one specific thing. Or usually when I do it, it'll be like, you know, I've got a certain case study or I've got a certain client where it's like hyper-specific where it might be really appropriate for them. But if there was 10 other people in the room and I was going through that example, it might not necessarily be that valuable for them because they have different levels or have different problems. So I think having that combined approach of like group semi-private with the one-on-one is definitely the best way to, well, I think it's the best way um, to give the most value and also like not spend too much of your time so you can still do business things, which we all have to do. Yeah, yeah agreed. Stand up function is really cool, by the way. No, that's it. Yeah. Stops everyone talking over everyone. <laughs> We're learning. As long as you lower Everybody it. else, we are a learning group. So again, as always, I hope you enjoyed less talking over each other. Please, if you did get some value, we really do appreciate you. Uh, please grab a screenshot, throw it up. We leave a shout out to early and long-time listener These Hands from Medial over here in WA. Yeah, she's absolutely so uh, taking, absolutely it. cranking it, just uh, keeping us rocking and rolling. So we appreciate you. Hope Thank you enjoy shout out. You know what? There you go. You know, next couple of weeks we throw things up. We're gonna di- we're gonna dole out some shout outs, dole out some love <laughs> coming into Chrissy. Why not give out some presents? Yeah. Um, but please make sure you subscribe. If you're getting it on iTunes, leave us that five star review because we really, really appreciate you and we want to help everybody be better. So until next week, lads, have an epic day and I'll see you all soon. Thanks, guys.